It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And hello again. Well, you know, I usually say the sun is shining and I have a spring in my step, but I'm not sure that's the case. It's actually cloudy. We had a little rain and maybe that's a good thing. I'm thinking I'm I'm enjoying the change. Good thing everything isn't always sunny. Uh, I'm thrilled, as always, to be a part of what this this show, Counterculture. I'm your host, Jonathan Sanborn, and I get to hang out and talk with some of the best people in, in town and even across this, this nation, sometimes even around the world. Um, and I right now, I have in my presence Chuck Fitzgerald. Welcome, Chuck. Hey, thank you. Thank you. So first off, Chuck is kind of a big deal, but <laughs> the number one is that he has actually listened to every one of my shows. Is that true? That's true. No fake news there. No, no fake news. He knows. So I can say Chuck's my biggest, one of my biggest fans. I think my wife hasn't even listened to most of them. So, right. so she's like, I get to hear him talk all the time. I don't, I don't want to hear him. So uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. So he loves this show. He believes in the show. And so Chuck and I are going to get to do something really, something a little different rather than the usual talk through his, you know, Chuck's ministry and his story, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But really, we're going to learn. We're going to have. We're going to going to have two episodes dedicated to call. Um, we're calling the Seven Ways of the Peacemaker. There's no book on that. There's no study Bible. Not yet, maybe. <laughs> but um, the topic is so important to this show of building bridges and, and bringing peace. That what does it actually look like? We're going to hash that out. We're going to spend the time over two episodes to do that. So Chuck, and the reason Chuck's on the show because he actually know, he knows what he's talking about. Okay. <laughs> Chuck led uh, Governor Brewer's Office of Faith and Community Partnerships, uh, worked uh, in working with the faith community. He's the founder of the annual Pursuing Peace Conference, which creates space to explore peace. He now serves as the sergeant at arms in the Arizona House of Representatives, where he is responsible for civility and decorum in the House. Are you serious? Yes, I'm okay. serious. I, I don't know if I'm any good at it. But <laughs> That's I'm right. Responsible for so, that. are you packing heat right now? I'm not allowed to talk about. Okay, that. he's not allowed to talk about that. Uh, he lives with his wife Susan in P- local P- local boy here in Peoria, with their rescue dog Oliver. Mm-hmm. Who he's a world famous dog. Yeah, I think he is. He has more followers on Facebook than I do. Okay. Well, that's kind of a big deal because Chuck's a big deal. So that means the dog's huge. Yep. Adorable. Adorable. I see them both on, online. And I'm a fans. So as as you know, Chuck, Chuck's getting ready. He's, he is like girded for action right now because he knows what's next. It's fake news. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are you ready for fake news? I think I am. I think okay, I am. Okay. So let's do it. Two. One, one truth, one lie. And I try to guess which one's fake. Okay. Um, let's see. I hiked the Appalachian Trail. Okay. And I've read Moby Dick, the entire book, aloud. Okay. So Chuck is a pro. He looked me straight in the eyes on both. But Moby Dick out loud seems almost impossible. But maybe as a child he read it through every night out loud to some – I don't know. I'm going to say that that is – True, and the Appalachian Trail is fake. You're correct. Woo! 
Amazing. Does that put you over 50%? <laughs> I, I think I'm still coin toss. Okay. I'm a coin toss. Okay, all right, very good. So you, but you did, you, you, you read that out loud? Was it as a young one? No, I was an adult. I read it to my wife. Uh, really? I actually picked up the book and I read the first paragraph out loud to her and she goes, well, read the next one. <laughs> you know, a month later we were done. Wow. So every night for, you know, half an hour or so I'd read the book. That's all it took is a half yeah. hour over a month yeah. and you read the whole thing. Wow. Pretty That's interesting. Impressive. Right? Yeah. But when do you check social need, media? Yeah, I want to figure out when to, how to monetize that. <laughs> That's right. You know, That's so. right. Chuck, Chuck's bedtime stories. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, what did you learn from that experience? I'm a pretty good reader. Okay. I can read aloud uh, pretty quickly, too. Uh-huh. So I learned that, and um, uh, it, it was fun to do it with my wife. It was just wow. a time together, quality That's, time. And Chuck's got a great, as you can tell, he has a great voice. For reading, so maybe audio books could be in your okay, future. There a we little go. side hustle of audio. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. So, well, Chuck is also a friend. I can say we 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 share many things of, in common and a lot of a lot of overlap and things that we've been able to do. So, I really appreciate this opportunity to kind of hash out some some ideas. And so, we're going into it: the seven ways of the peacemaker. And so, Chuck came up with most of them, and then I chimed in a little bit. And so, we're going to kind of build this list together. And we, who knows, maybe in the middle of this conversation, we're going to add an eighth. But, you know, yep. if we have to, we have to. Okay, very good. But let, let's start with number one. And the number one one is what I, I kind of came up with. And, um, and this is the idea that you can't pursue peace and be a peacemaker if you think it, it's impossible, that you think yeah. it's just a pie-in-the-sky fantasy. What do you think about that? Yeah, so um, I'd like to – that's the one you added or is that – That's the one I added, but I I know you would agree with me on that one. But I I would, and I would say a couple things to that. Uh, First off, um, I'm a a man of faith, very strong uh, Christian faith, and um, that's where it kind of stems for me. I remember sitting in a church service when one of our pastors uh, boldly said directly to me (laughs) – there's a big difference between being a peace lover and a peacemaker. Which are you? Okay. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've been a peace lover all this time. Right. I, I'm not really doing anything. Right. So that kind of set me on that journey of, of trying to figure this out. And so then I started looking into, well, what is peace? And mm-hmm. this gets really gets to your point. So what is peace? When you say peace, what's the first thing you think of? And I'm not asking you. I'm not trying, yeah. to, no, I'm no, not no. trying to flip roles here. No, but, for sure. Uh, but it means different things to different people. And most people, when you say peace, they think, well, that's something someone does over there. That's the UN's job or that's government's job or right. that's not my job. Well, there, there's a war. Someone needs to go bring peace. That's right. Okay. That's right. They've been fighting for a long time. How come there's no peace there? We right. need a peace accord. Right. You know, but that's what most people think of when they think of peace. But I'm here to tell you there's other types of peace, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. Uh, and it, it kind of leads to some of the other topics we have. So depending on how you define peace, and I'll, I'll just I'll put it this way. Again, this is my Christian faith coming out, is I believe this is biblical, that there will be no peace until the second coming. Right. <laughs> it, that kind of true, peace. True ultimate peace. Right. True ultimate peace. Right. Right. And uh, the world's messed up. And we know that. But there are things, there's other types of peace, and there are things that we can do to make it a much more uh, peaceful uh, society mm-hmm. and more peaceful outcomes in all of our relationships. So that's really where I've, I've ended up spending my time. Uh, there, there are people that go do peace somewhere else. 
There, yeah. there, there are peace fellows. There are all sorts of uh, folks that do that. Right. And that's great. Uh, but I, I would argue that peace is a lot closer to home. Right. And biblically, you can see both examples. It's actually oftentimes talks about starting first at the heart of peace. It comes from within. And But I think people are – it can be – they can dismiss as something over there. But also kind of like um, we tried that, but our way of life is under attack from – X, Y, Z, maybe it's those, those – usually it's, it's, it's almost always those people who are bad people and we are good people. And so peace is no longer possible or maybe we dabbled in it, or but it's not possible. So we need to fight and defend and own them, <laughs> destroy <Right>. them, <laughs> you know, destroy them to win because uh, we, if we don't win, we lose, Right. Yeah, that that is the attitude. And so one of the <laughs> things I joke about, I was in the Marine Corps for four years. Okay. All right. And one of the things, that's not a jo- the joke part. One of the <laughs> things I joke about is I studied peace in the Marine Corps. Really? Okay. Right. That's that's kind of yeah. tongue in cheek a little bit. But there's something to that. There's something to getting yourself together. And I really got myself together when I was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And so some of what, what I'm doing today stems back to that. Um, and I'm kind of jumping a little bit to the second item. Right. Um, and I'll just, I'll just say this before we get to the second item. I think peace is possible, but okay. it depends on how you define it. Right. Right. If you right. define it as everybody sitting around the same campfires singing songs together, that may not be a realistic right. uh, goal. Mm-hmm. But there are things that all of us, each of us can do in our own lives, in our own relationships that can make all the difference in the world. And so, so we're accepting a broader definition of not just the absence of conflict or military or, or even – but we're talking about cultural peace, maybe domestic peace, like uh, within our home, within our community, within even our, the broader sense of our larger community and nation. Yes, in, indeed. And I, you know, I think, I, again, I think this is biblical too. There are different types of peace. There's, there's, a, there's an inner peace. There's peace in relationships. Mm-hmm. There's peace with God. And then there's this thing, the international peace. So when you say peace, people rarely think of those first three. Right, right. They just leap to the last one. Right. Where I would argue the first three may be more important. Right. And it's, it's off, that's what we can do the most about. Mm-hmm. Often we have the most responsibility for for what we have power to, to involve ourselves right. in and do that's involved right. in. That's right. For, um, the other, actually, I mentioned this topic to a friend, someone I know. And they go, oh, well, you know, Jesus came to bring a sword, not peace. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's as if it was something that, you know, we need to turn. It's the time to turn over tables mm-hmm. and get him. You know, it, 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 it was it was it was I was interested in the dismissal of the topic right. of peace, yeah. even among Christians. So so you would do that in your own home? Would you? Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, there, there may right. be a place to turn over tables, but you probably wouldn't do that in your own home. Right. Uh, you know, I would argue you probably wouldn't. Yeah. So it depends, what, again, what we're talking about, peace. If we're talking about, you know, Satan and, right. and the spiritual battles we're up against, yeah, he brought the sword. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's where we need to use that. Right. With each other? I don't think so. Yeah. So um, I, I have another example of a way to think about this, and that is... Uh, this idea, you mentioned it, uh, you know, we can do more with things that are closer to us, right. whether it's in our home or our relationships. I, I refer to that as what is our peace radius? Yeah. 
Okay. Individual. I like that. What? It's geometry. Okay. I figured you'd like that. <laughs> uh, but what's your piece radius? You know, circle of influence, we've heard mm-hmm. that term. But you have a piece radius, and you're responsible for that radius. You're responsible for what happens within that radius. Mm. And so that, like radi- that. that radius could be across the kitchen table. Um, it could be in your, your set of closest friends. It could be your workplace. But you control the piece in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I talk about this in the peace conferences that I do every year, I talk about how do we take responsibility for our own peace radius, mm. right? Yeah, I like that's, that. It's a different way of thinking of it, yeah. right? And I think yeah. there are a couple, c- couple key words that you can associate with peace, uh, with your own peace, inner, inner peace radius. And those words, we're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. They're words like compassion, gratitude, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We, we own all three of those things, right? right. So if, if we were to look at our own inner circles and think of compassion, gratitude, and forgiveness, how are we doing? How would we score ourselves? What grudges are we holding? That mm-hmm, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't get that right, yeah, the other stuff's tough. It's, it's going to be tough at work. It's going to be tough on social media. Yes. It's going to, you know, all those sort right. of things. It's, you're going to lash out. If you're an angry person who's unsatisfied with what, how, what the life God's given me, and the, the nation God's right. placed me in, and my family, right. you're you're rarely going to be an and even even yourself, your own story and yourself, oh, yeah, our own self talk that yeah. sort of thing. So this peace radius is a two way thing, though. It's it's what you think, say, and do, but it's also who do you let in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right. And how do you handle that? How do you handle whoever you let in that radius? These are all things that we we should be working on as individuals, and. Some of us do. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the neat things that you can do about this is um, actually take an inventory of how, how you're doing mm. with those regards. When's the last time you were truly thankful for something? Mm. When you're re- truly thankful for something, it's like a little bit of a burden comes off your shoulders. It's really an interesting thing. Same with forgiveness. Right. Not, not right. forgetting, but forgiving. Forgive, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a burden comes off you, and you, you just have a different perspective of things. Mm. Here's one thing that I've done. Uh, that I, I think is kind of fun. I, I, at least I think it's fun. Uh, is I've decided I cannot be offended. Really? It okay. A, it was a decision I made. Okay. That's, a, that's I'm not, not going to be offended. I'm right. not going to be. I'm not going to be offended. So my peace okay. radius, whatever I let in, I'm, I'm just not going to be offended. Okay. What's the point of it? Okay. So just right. a couple weeks ago, someone told me, and goes, "Hey, you know what? Tears for fears. They were a one-hit wonder." Yeah. And I was offended. Yeah. But well, I kept I kept my mouth shut. Good, but it hurt. Yeah, and it sounds like you're not over it yet. <laughs> but but you see I'm what kidding. I'm saying. I'm I, know, kidding, I know you are. But yeah. but you see what I'm saying is it's just a decision. Yeah, it's, it's a decision not to be offended, and right. so I'm not. So I work at the House of Representatives, and I hear things that some just appall me. Yeah, some I agree with, but you know, I, sure, I, I don't I don't go there, but. Uh, I'm not going to be offended. It's yeah. it's, some, it's someone else's opinion, and that's not going to dictate my thoughts, my feelings, my actions. And so, what I've done is I've taken control of my own peace radius, just with that simple right. thing. You have, yeah, we have that choice, right? And I th- so, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. We have Chuck Fitzgerald here in studio, and we're going through the seven ways of the peacemaker. Just kind of our, based on conversations we have, Chuck, and it's fantastic. And I think we're already hitting point number two. So. Number one, we, we're saying believe it's possible. Yep. Number two, we're the hard question of we, it needs to start. Number two, start with ourselves. Yep. 
Yeah, it's an inside job. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard issue, yeah. I believe. And so, you know, one of the one of the little uh, pictures that that I, I was told some time ago was, you know, when you put pressure on something, whatever's inside comes out. Okay, right. Right? Well, we have a lot of pressure in our culture these days, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure from all different angles. Right. And so that pressure is mounting on us. And so what comes out of us is basically what's inside us. And so if you don't like what's coming out, you got to change what's inside you. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds kind of cutesy and all that sort of thing, but um, – you know, it's it's so easy to to lash back at a post, uh, lash out at a post you don't like on Facebook, sure. or yeah. someone cut you off in traffic, or whatever it is. And whenever I I have the urge to do one of these things that isn't all that helpful, I'm thinking, now where did that come from? Right. And so that's something we can all do. We can kind of reflect back on, okay, what's that about? Where did that mm-hmm. come? Is that really what's inside me? How do I take care of that? Mm-hmm. And and you go back to the three things I said, compassion, gratitude, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Those things will cover a, a multitude of things right. Right, that, are, that are going on in you. And I think in that self-reflection, what, that in, what inside comes out of us, I think there's other aspects. Like when we put – with our biblical lenses, we know what, that I'm all, I am still a sinner. Even Yes, I'm saved by grace and his Spirit's working with me and I'm, and I'm being sanctified, but I still have that in me. And uh, therefore, I, I also have that commonality that we're all sinners. Like we all are broken, flawed people. We just sin differently. Uh, yet we uh, have that. So I, I'm, I'm aware of not, not of my righteousness in approaching peace, but I also know that I'm a, a flawed person. And therefore, I, I can do the wrong answers. I can have bad perspectives. Uh, I might not see things clearly <laughs> because of my sin. I want right. to – so – yeah, and so uh, you need to learn how to forgive yourself too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. It's really true. Yeah, and so I, I, I would encourage, I would encourage everyone listening if you can do an act of compassion towards somebody else and then report back to yourself on it. Right. What was that like? I think you'll admit that that was better. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, I just got a little little bit of peace there. Uh, be thankful for something and actually say it out loud. You know, I'm really thankful for you as a friend or I'm thankful that I get to come home to a home that's clean or, yeah, or whatever it right. is. Um, if, just saying that and see how you feel after you say that and, and you know, take an inventory on it. I think mm-hmm. you'll see that these things do bring peace and inner mm-hmm. peace to you. So, again, yeah. again, we have a different definition. of Peace is right. kind of a broad thing. So inner peace starts with being able to do – a, a, a self-reflection, question where these things are coming from, and then either use compassion, uh, you know, uh, forgiveness, or gratitude, and it'll, it'll take care of a lot of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Really well. It's amazing how that works. Mm. I think there's the other uh, – one other element to start with yourself is, is intellectual. Uh, the idea of I have all the knowledge, I have an accurate view of things. Um, and there, or that my people have the right knowledge and the right view of things, and therefore I'm seeing things accurately. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, th- for me to to enter into a process of peace, I have to have a self examination and a humility to examine myself to say maybe I don't see things clearly bef- before I start moving into it. Like I, I have to have a sense that I'm not complete in my knowledge and, and perspective. 
Yeah. How does that? Does that? Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, I believe you had a guest on uh, Lisa Jernigan. Yes, uh, Lisa Jernigan. She's a friend of mine as well. Yeah, and she talks about this, and she talks about that that we need to move away from being uh, living a life that's all based on right and wrong, mm-hmm. because we're never wrong. Yeah, right. right. As people, we're <laughs> yeah. never wrong. So, uh-huh. what does that do? That puts you in a place of everything's in opposition. Then, and so we need to get away from that that idea of right and wrong, and think mm-hmm. think more about uh, you know. Uh, com- compassion plays a part in this too, but it's uh, compassion and some of the other words we're going to use later in a couple other of the topics. You know, listening instead of talking. Yeah, uh, having empathy. Uh, there, mm. There's ways to get empathy, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, little while. But uh, you, we got to get away from this right and wrong, mm-hmm. and it's tough to do. Yeah, it really is, and I yeah. see it in spades. At the, oh, sure, at, at the in, in politics, I'm sure oh, you do. <laughs> everybody's right about everything. Yeah, right? yeah. You know? And there's no wiggle room in any of mm. it, and I just think that's a that's a bad way to live. And if you live that way, I th- I think it's going to start eating at you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to tell everybody that you're yeah. right, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But people have to. The people are doing it all the time. Right. So anyhow, I'm kind of repeating myself a little bit, but I agree with you with what you said. Mm. Is um, my camp's right, yours is wrong, so therefore you're stupid, or we got to get away from that. It's not helpful. So starting with ourselves is, is actually it's it, there's a lot of work in that. Yep. It's 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 a, it's an honest assessment of ourselves and uh, both our nature and our heart attitudes and our and our, our our understanding of who we are, but also our intellectual limitations and are the, the danger of being polarizing and making everything right and wrong. A lot involved in that, and that. But I do want to get into this the third point, and I think it's just a fantastic. And this is something I I I had not heard. It makes a lot of sense, but I had not heard before. And that is num- point number three is. Pre, you call it say presence yep. and showing up. <laughs> yeah. no, that's right. We've we've heard different versions of that. You know, okay. Fifty percent of life is showing up. Okay. Eighty percent is showing up. Whatever yeah. the numbers are. Okay. Right? Sure. But um, you know, it, it gets to this uh, the second type of piece I was talking about. That's that's interpersonal. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've had a pretty tough year and a half of people not being present, people not showing up. Yeah. Uh, some of it's been forced on of it on us, uh, and so. It's tough to have those strong connections to other people. And without those connections, you can't have empathy. Mm. Right? Without being With, in present. Yes. Yeah. It, you can't have empathy. Right. You, you know, you need to look in the other person's eyes. You need to hear the quiver in their voice, mm-hmm. uh, hear their story, all those sort of things uh, to develop empathy. Mm. And empathy is where that interpersonal peace comes from. Mm. So so as you're working on yourself, and right. you, move, you start looking around your household, you know, my teenage son or my stepfather or, you know, whoever it is, you know, if you're, n- if you're not connected, it just festers. Whatever's there just continues to fester. Right. Can you give me an example from your own life where that you've seen that like make a change in you or, or, or in a yeah. situation? Okay. Um, I met a friend, uh, a friend now, I met a refugee. I was rec- it was recommended to me. You need to meet Stephen. Go meet Stephen. And so I, I met Stephen. had had trouble understanding Stephen. Uh, it, it was just kind of awkward. And so I prayed about it. My wife and I prayed about it. And what kind of came to us was maybe we should just just invite ourselves over for dinner <laughs> to their place, right? So we did. We called. I called him up and said, "We want to come have dinner at your place. Um, we'll pay for the food, but right. you, you prepare it." We want to be in your home eating your Interesting. dinner. Interesting. Okay. Right? And so we did that. 
It was amazing. It was one of the most amazing dinners I've ever had. The food was horrible. Yeah. You know, it had nothing to do with the right, food. Right, right. We ate with our fingers. I mean, just, sure. I mean, it was, it was uh, very interesting. And so, what, but it made a connection that changed everything. Right. And so my whole view of refugees flipped. It's like, oh, that's what's going on. Yeah. I didn't know. Wow. Because I wasn't in connection. And mm. so now I have quite a bit of empathy for refugees. Mm. You know, which I which I wouldn't have had before, but I think that would work with peop, your neighbor. Yeah, I think that would work with, you know, so, someone yeah. in your extended family. And so, if you're not if you're not connected, if you don't show up, it's tough tough to get connected. That's something I love being practical, and that's something very practical uh, in something that we can do. And I say, don't get in, don't be talk a lot about an issue until you've like sat down and had dinner with someone from a different the other side of this camp. Yep. You, you know, and and really like about refugees or Im, you know, immigration or political. I mean, I feel like if we just had dinner together more often. <laughs> yeah. You know, I see the clock ticking down. I yeah. have one more thing to say on sure. this topic. Again, I work at the House of Representatives. I work for the Speaker of the House. The Speaker runs the place, right? And so uh, the Speaker said, "Hey, I like how you treat everybody that you know I've noticed." And I said, "Well, I actually treat everybody like they're the Speaker of the House." And he had me talk about that a little yeah. bit. And that's that's part of it is if you treat everybody with that respect, you you can make better connection and the empathy builds and it's it's just a wonderful thing. And so I get to feel that interrelational peace just by practicing treating everybody like the speaker. Wow. Chuck Chuck Fitzgerald, thank you for coming in on, on to Countercultural. Tune in next week for episode two of Seven Ways of the Peacemaker. Looking forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you, brother. You're welcome. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal.